Hello and welcome to Catholic Family News Weekly News Roundup. I'm Brian McCall, the Editor-in-Chief of Catholic Family News, and I want to apologize to all of our typical uh, live stream viewers. I'm sure there won't be many here today. I am coming to you and recording this on September 28th from uh, Central Florida. And we usually hold our, our roundups, as you know, Thursday or Friday. Uh, but I uh, was thinking I may not be able to do it this week because it's highly likely I will be without power tomorrow. As you know, Hurricane Ian is making its way across Florida. And there's uh, every prediction you can find from extreme, from one extreme to the other. I don't know what's going to happen, but highly likely. Uh, but then uh, my wife had a brilliant idea. This is why it's great to be married. Two minds think better than one. I just thought, you know, Matt's not able to do it this week. He's traveling. And I said, you know, tomorrow I'm just not going to be able to do newscast. So well, why don't you just do it today? <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Uh, so I did think of it, thanks to my wife. So that's why we're here today. And again, I understand there will probably be few live viewers, but uh, hopefully this will be able to get uploaded before we lose power. It's, it's pretty quiet where we are right now. It's heavy, some heavy rains mild winds, but I think the worst is uh, yet to come. Uh, certainly those on the west coast of Florida are, I think, getting much, much worse. So our prayers go out to them that their guardian angels may watch over them. So our stories this September 28th uh, will include the FBI swoop down to arrest a Pennsylvania pro-life activist. Secondly, Cardinal Joseph Zen is held over for trial in what I would just describe as a show trial in Hong Kong by the commies. Uh, the Synod on Synodality is added again, doodah. Uh, they post another a piece of scandalous artwork. Uh, we'll look at the elections in Italy uh, of uh, what may be a rebuke to the deep state in the election, which appears to be the new and the first woman prime minister, uh, Giorgia Maloney. And uh, then we will cross the Transalpine Alps. We'll go over the Alps to Germany. And we find a German prelate who declares religion is interruption, not continuity. So a good mix of stories, as you will see. As I mentioned, today is September 28th, the feast of good King Wenceslaus. Uh, he's often remembered around Christmas time from the famous hymn uh, um, uh, to him. Uh, good King Wenceslaus went out on the Feast of Stephen, the day after Christmas Day, the, the second day in the octave of Christmas. Uh, but uh, his feast is actually not on December 26th, St. Stephen's Day. It's on September 28th. And he was really a model of a good Christian king. We have a powerhouse of saints coming up. Tomorrow, the great feast of St. Michael the Archangel, or as they would say in uh, medieval England, Michaelmas. Just like Christmas, Michaelmas, the Mass of St. Michael. Uh, it was for many, many years a high feast day, for, still first class feast, a holy day of obligation uh, in many parts of the Catholic world for many centuries. Uh, it often was seen as the marking, the beginning of the Catholic, in Catholic countries of the fall semester, was be around this date. It's, and it would take its name from that. This term of school would be called the Michaelmas term. The second one would be often be called Lent because Lent would occur during it. But, um, you know, really was a great, great feast for celebration. This is when you would also hear the phrase Michaelmas goose. You would uh, celebrate with a goose, a young goose at Michaelmas, an older goose at uh, Christmas. Obviously, St. Michael, the, the great patron of the church. Um, and a, a good custom happened in the church where I go, the Sunday closest to this feast, which will be this coming Sunday, they will pray the great exorcism of Leo the Thirteenth, 
uh, to exercise all unclean and evil spirits from the parish uh, in this Sunday closest to the Feast of St. Michael, the first Sunday of October. Uh, he obviously is the patron of police and, and uh, rescue workers. Obviously, we pray today for those in Florida who will be putting their lives at danger for the, for the welfare and safety of uh, citizens, whether that be police, utility workers, uh, ambulances, uh, for medics, etc., doctors. Uh, he is their patron, particularly the police. But then September 30th, St. Jerome, uh, who uh, locked himself in a cave and uh, put together all the different sources of the of the Bible and produced the Latin Vulgate, the official text of the Bible, as determined by the church. Uh, you can still go to this cave. Uh, my son, when he was in the Holy Land on a pilgrimage, you can actually go and you are allowed to be, you can request to be locked in there overnight to pray an all-night vigil to St. Jerome. Um, then we get the commemoration of St. Remigius, on the first, won't say too much about him. It's only a commemoration, but it is his feast day. He is who baptized Clovis, the king of the Franks, uh, and really is responsible for bringing France to the church. Then on uh, we, October 2nd, we get the Holy Guardian Angels. It's a great week for angels. St. Michael followed uh, shortly thereafter on October 2nd by our guardian angels. We shouldn't forget about them. Uh, uh, they are always with us and want to help us. Their greatest, I think, frustration is we don't turn to them for help. Then, another powerhouse, St. Therese of the Child Jesus, St. Therese of Lisieux, Therese Martin, St. Therese, uh, October 3rd, the great patroness of the missions who never left her convent in France, a uh, great contemplative saint who died at the young age of 24, great doctor of the church, uh, again, who presented to the church, offered her gift of her little way. Uh, wonderful saint, great intercessor. I'll just again tell you the church where, where I am. She also is the patron saint of sacristans. So let me put it in this story. The church where we are is, is bursting at the seams like many traditional churches. They need to expand the church. First thing they need to do is expand the sacristy to make more side altars. Because unlike the NO mass, where you just have one big con celebration, each priest needs to say mass. So they need you know, for eight priests, sometimes nine here, they need multiple altars. So they're going to first expand out the sacristy to make it uh, private altars for masses. Then expand the rest of the church. That'll facilitate for more seating. They've been trying to get a permit from the city for, I think, over a year. Uh, the permit just came through and ground will be broken, absent the hurricane delaying it, on October 3rd, the Feast of St. Therese. Pretty clear sign the patron saint of sacristans uh, was involved in that. Then St. Francis of Assisi, uh, who received the stigmata, uh, the great, great uh, restorer of the church in the positive sense of restoring the true faith, the vigor and belief for the true faith. Uh, his, his memory has really been appropriated and I would say abused uh, by Pope Francis uh, in, you know, he's kind of been made by liberals as this. Greenpeace, you know, environmentalist, which he wasn't liberal. Uh, he was a great defender of the true, uh, the absolute true faith. Um, then obviously we'll maybe mention this more next week. Uh, skipping a few, we have Our Lady of the Holy Rosary on October 7th, the great feast of the Holy Rosary instituted by Pope St. Pius V. Well, like I said, this is a powerhouse of a week for, um, for saints. Uh, oh, I do see a few people noticed we went live. Welcome. Thank you. Um, 
Uh, good to see you, Danielle, and uh, Visionary Vet. <laughs> Thank you. I guess you saw we were live on YouTube, um, but uh, great to see you. Well, with that, let's turn now to our first story. And uh, this one broke uh, several days ago uh, when, according to uh, Mark Hoke, 48-year-old pro-life activist, good pro-life warrior, prays at abortion clinics all the time. Um, according to his wife, uh, he was uh, arrested uh, by a team of 25 uh, FBI agents who she described as a SWAT team uh, with guns drawn, uh, pointed at his children. I think he has seven, maybe six. I've seen a couple different pictures. It look like seven young children. Uh, pointed at his children, at his wife, until he was handcuffed, and he was dragged off. Uh, now, uh, what was he charged with? Violating the FACE Act, which prohibits violent, threatening, damaging, and obstructive conduct intended to injure, intimidate, or interfere with the right to seek, obtain, or provide reproductive health services according to the department of justice that's their description of the face act this was enacted by a liberal congress uh this also includes restrictions on how close you can be in an abortion clinic now to be clear dobbs the dobbs decision did not strike this law down because it doesn't uh that just said there's no constitutional right to an abortion and states can prohibit it here the federal government enacted what it's calling a public safety law yeah uh, but, you know, restricting, uh, making a crime, you know, these, these kinds of activity. So what apparently happened, according to uh, Mrs. Hoke, um, this man was there praying in an abortion clinic with, and he brought his, one of his young sons, didn't say the exact age, with him, as he often did to pray. And one of the escorts, the person that goes out and get, meets the person coming for an abortion and tries to get them in the clinic as quickly as possible so nobody can give them any information or try to give them the truth, um, got into an altercation with Mr. Hoke. Uh, the, uh, allegedly, this met gentleman, who appears to be elderly, uh, said, according to Mr. Hoke, disgusting and gross and, and, and obscene things to his little young son that brought about some kind of an argument, resulted in uh, some shoving back and forth and the, the escort falling to the ground. Um, but this little incident in Pennsylvania, little shoving match, apparently the man was not seriously injured in any way. Uh, top priority for the FBI. Top, top priority. Um, yeah, not the, the lawlessness and the, the invasion, the, the child trafficking going through the Southern border, the drug trafficking. Nope. Uh, they had a swoop in. Now, um, there's been a lot of pushback. Uh, members of Congress in a September 27th letter uh, said, instead of allowing for a local resolution of this dispute, the FBI nationalized the matter by using excessive force with an early morning raid at gunpoint in front of young children. The American people deserve answers to this. Um, and uh, others, Senator Hawley, have done uh, the same thing, and they've talked about increasing politicization of the FBI. Uh, again, the, the law enforcement in this country seems to be used like a dictatorship, like a communist regime. We'll talk about that in a minute uh, when we get to Hong Kong. 
where those who do not have the political views of the dictator are basically uh, brutalized by the so-called law enforcement, which is directed at political enemies. And again, maybe this person did violate this law. A 48-year-old father of seven didn't use a weapon or anything. You need 25 FBI to swoop in an early morning raid. Okay. Now, the FBI disputes this account, to be fair. They claim they were not SWAT team. Now, again, there may be a technicality here. Maybe that's not what they are technically. I think this was a woman seeing what she saw. They looked like they're wearing, you know, they're not wearing suits. They're wearing like armor and bulletproof vests, I think, and guns. But at any event, the FBI maybe will quibble over that. Two, they claim they didn't point the guns at them. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, he has been arraigned for this charge against this FACE Act. Um, and uh, he would face 11 years and over $300,000 in fines if he is convicted. He's pled not guilty to this. Uh, but again, this is the state of our country now uh, where you know, a former president of the United States has a SWAT team. Don't call me out FBI if it wasn't technically, but a team swoop into his home, rummage through his wife's clothes, dump documents on the floor over a record keeping concern, supposedly, as go and target parents who exercise their First Amendment rights of speech at a school board meeting and now swoop in at a father of seven, uh, again, with what at least appeared to the wife to be a uh, SWAT team. Uh, and again, I think I have it here. CNA, I'll just show you, uh, has a picture uh, of him uh, and his family. You can decide if he looks uh, like a super dangerous guy that you need to uh, swoop in upon. Uh, let me grab. I think, yeah, this is from CNA. Uh, apparently here he is. Uh, like I said, I've seen a couple. Let's see how many kids in this picture. One, two, three, four. looks like six, five, six, seven. Uh, yeah. Boy, that guy looks scary. Uh, real serious criminal there. Um, you know, according to the liberals, he is probably an enemy of the state for reproducing so many times, having so many uh, children there. Uh, again, this is the increasingly dictatorial, totalitarian state that we have come to live in, where we have a, the FBI has really become a Gestapo to enforce political uh, correctness and to use the guise of law to persecute. Again, we've already seen, you know, these persecution of people for refusing to get you know what, which we can't say. We don't want to be censored again from YouTube. But what we have to look forward to, we've seen on display in our second story, uh, Cardinal Joseph Zen, who, as you know, is the retired uh, Cardinal Archbishop uh, Bishop of Hong Kong. And we've mentioned this story, uh, but I thought we'd give it a little more uh, detail uh, because this Tuesday, past Tuesday, Cardinal Zen uh, made his second appearance in Hong Kong for a preliminary hearing where the judge had to decide if there was enough evidence to hold him over for trial. Five witnesses were called, four of whom were police officers, and the magistrate ruled that there was sufficient evidence to hold a trial for this 90-year-old cardinal. Again, 
real threat here. It's this 90-year-old, frail old man. Uh, what is he accused of doing? 90-year-old old man that's such a grave threat to the communists? He formed, allegedly, with a couple other people, a charity group to raise money to provide aid and assistance to people who, uh, legal aid, who were pro-democracy protesters, people who were protesting against the communist government. Like I said, this is what what we've become. Uh, So again, kind of like a record-keeping. He didn't notify the communists that he was forming a charity to raise money for people arrested for protesting the Chinese government. This was a violation of Hong Kong's strict national security law. According to Cardinal Zen, he has a right to form this charity under what's called the Basic Law. This was the law China agreed to have in force in Hong Kong when it was returned to them by the English in 1997. So for 100 years, Hong Kong was outside of communist out of China and communist China when it became communist. It was owned as a possession of the British crown. British agreed to give it back to Hong Kong, and in an agreement, they agreed to have this basic law that allowed freedom and behind the island of mainland China. For the last almost 20 years now, 15 years, they have been, uh, more than that, sorry, 22, 25 years, they have been scaling that back and in putting more and more communist control there. Uh, and so... Uh, Zen was arrested. He is. He was held without bail for a while. He was then let out on bail. And since he didn't apply for a local society license to register his group called 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund, which, by the way, doesn't even exist anymore. It was only around from 2019 to 2021. Uh, he was uh, and is now being held over for trial. Uh, the judge said definitely enough evidence. Again, his, his argument is legal that he was allowed to uh, to do this now, interestingly, uh, the same week that he was uh, uh, had his preliminary hearing, a list of Catholic leaders spoke out in defense of Cardinal Zen, who they say is being persecuted unjustly. Um, read some of the names. Some I know, some I don't recognize. Cardinal Filoni, former prefect for evangelization of people, um, Bishop. Thomas Tobin of Providence, Rhode Island, Bishop Joseph Strickland. We talk about him a lot. Very good bishop. Uh, Archbishop Salvador Corleone, who's at least standing up to Nancy Pelosi. Bishop Athanasius Schneider, should be familiar to our readers. Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Müller, again, we were pretty critical of back when he was prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. Some sketchy views, but seems to be pretty conservative compared to what's in the Vatican now. Cardinal Charles Bow, who I don't really know, is in the it says it seems to be a cardinal in the Asia. Um, Father Bernard Keeley, we're bound down past bishops now. Notice who's not there. Cardinal Perelin, the Secretary of State, you'd think, would defend as one of the cardinals. Pope Francis. Why? Because they've got a secret deal with China, which probably involves needing to keep their mouth shut. Probably. So prayers to Cardinal Zen, uh, again, 90 in his, his remaining years. He's clearly being persecuted and is being left out to dry by the Vatican.
Um, oh, hello, Rosemary uh, Lonkeric Spataro. I'm sorry I didn't pronounce that right. First time live viewing. Glad you could join us on this unusual, uh, unusual uh, day. So that's our, our second story. Uh, moving on, we have a rather disturbing image uh, that we'll have to show you uh, that was uh, posted on a Facebook page by the Synod on Synods on Synods on Synods on Synods, or what Arate Chaley's calling the Synod on the Satanic Synod, which I think is pretty appropriate. We've already reported a lot to you about uh, what's uh, these, these horrible things the Synod has been promoting and saying. Uh, but as part of their compilation of the local and other uh, synods, they've been posting information that, they're, uh, that they have been receiving. And this week, big scandal on um, social uh, media. Where is it? Let me pull up the back. Here it is. Picture here. No, that's not it. Why can't I get it? Uh, here it is. Barate Chaley. Uh, there's several places that had a picture, but they had a picture. Here it is. So for those in the audio podcast, see, it certainly is synod.va, September 24th at 143. There's the post. So there's a picture of what's clearly a Catholic church. In front of it, a group of young people of various race, appears to be races or nationalities. Uh, I don't quite know what that yet. Guys, white hair, I think. Person in the center has a yellow t shirt, which in rainbow letters spells pride, and he's raising up his hand, holding a microphone. Next to him is what is clearly a woman. Again, clearly appears to be a woman in this picture, wearing priestly vestments in front of this church. Again, it just looks like a stupid cartoon. There's little slogans all around it animate the blossoming mission that is larger than any one of us. We desire to be on advisory council to make decisions. Uh, this one's kind of upside down. We are trying to read it. We are they young. Yeah, we are they young people of the future and the future is now pretty trite again the thing looks like a bad marvel comic drawing from like the 1930s um it, it's just it's crazy i mean clearly uh and the the, the Rarty describes it as 1970s artwork you can see there yeah i, I think a little earlier uh expressions are cheesy on their faces like the anger on the priestesses you know she's also dressed in nova sort of way with the stole outside her quote chasuble um now there was a big uproar over this and the synod on synodality on social media obviously because it seems to be promoting not only gay you know lgbt lobby stuff but we female priests uh oh, oh we're we, we got we're just reporting what we received from around the world and we got beautiful artwork that we're reporting here um yeah no 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 we're not promoting these things we're just we're just messengers don't shoot the messenger well without any explanation and by the way Roddy had another report uh, of some more artwork uh that you can see there again super high quality wow 
Um, there's some more larger, large group of synod with the archbishop, 395 students. So apparently this artwork came from a meeting of a bunch of college students in the Philadelphia area as part of the synodal process. Um, the artist, I think, is described as a graduate of St. Joseph's University. Apologies to St. Joseph. Uh, and there was like a group of 40 people who were at this meeting. The group that posted the artwork is a group of students who openly advocate for the ordination of uh, women. Uh, again, let's just drop the charade. Come on. Clearly, you are synod, satanic synod, out to promote aberrations to the Catholic faith, out to promote uh, these things which the church has always never real taught are not possible. And, you know, just just say that's what you're doing. Stop pretending, oh, we're just reporting what we've heard. A out of a church of a billion people, 40 college kids make these demands and you post this. Oh, oh we didn't know. We didn't. Come on. We, you didn't know what was in this picture. Give us a break. We don't take it seriously. And notice they're not apologizing, not not tape taking it uh, down. So more synodal nonsense, which is probably just going to get worse over the coming months and uh, uh, year. Well, let's turn to some mixed bag, but probably I would say good news. And that is the Italian election. Now, Italian politics are Italian. <laughs> they are complex and confusing. So <laughs> I'm going to try to summarize kind of the various uh, the situation here, uh, but it's complicated. So there's lots of parties in Italy, and it really never happens that any one party wins a majority. So like in France, they elect a president, and then separately at different times, they elect parliament. Then the president at the time, after the parliamentary election, asks someone to become prime minister and form a government. Never happens that one party wins a majority of the seats in the parliament. Just there's too many parties, the votes divided up. So usually what happens is a coalition forms among a couple of parties that together have a block of votes that control enough seats in the parliament. And then the party that had the largest part of that block is asked by the president to form uh, the government and become the prime minister. Well, from the results, it seems overwhelmingly likely that the president of Italy will select this woman, uh, Giorgia Meloni. Uh, there she is. I think this picture, she's speaking at CPAC. There's a couple more pictures at the conservative uh, gathering in Florida uh, that happens. There she is again. Funny face. Um, the American Conservative Union, that's 2019. Um, she appears that she will be asked to be prime minister, that she and she will there make history and become the first female prime minister of uh, England. I mean, Italy, excuse me. Um, these elections were held a bit of a caught off guard. Again, Italy always kind of happens, surprisingly. Uh, the current, the prior government of Prime Minister Draghi, the so-called unity government, collapsed under total mess there in Italy. Uh, so Maloney's party, which are called the Brothers of Italy, 
won the most votes of any party, 26%. What's really interesting about this is it skyrocketed from only 4% four years ago. So four years ago, she and her party got 4% of the vote. They went to 26%. The coalition that was already formally put together uh, won 41% of the vote right now. Uh, again, very close to having that majority. They could easily get it. Uh, interestingly, the other parties, uh, one is a very strong party based on the issue of uh, stopping illegal immigration. Another is a kind of kind of wishy-washy, moderate, but moderately conservative uh, party. Now, Maloney, what do we know about her? She comes from a working class Roman background. And again, that's really interesting. One of the interesting political developments the last 15 years is that conservative parties around the world are no longer seen as the party of the elite, the rich, the super rich. You know, there was a period in history when the Republican Party here, the Tories in England, conservatives in Europe were the party of the kind of elite. It's really turned on its head. And now the liberal parties, the Democrats, are the, in the pocket of the Bill Gateses, the, the, the Soroses, the multi-billionaires, the Jeff Bezoses. And the Republican Party, again, well, there's exceptions. Obviously, there's there's exceptions. but And, and the conservative parties across Europe are really middle-class, working-class people. Um, she worked many jobs. She was she's been a waitress, a nanny before getting involved in politics. Uh, she has does have political experience. Silvio Berlusconi, prior conservative politician, made her minister for youth about uh, twelve years ago. Um, she you know, has been very open about being a, a mother and about being a Catholic. Um, she says, "I'm a woman. I'm a mother, and I'm an Italian. Uh, uh, I'm a Christian." And you can't take that away from me. Uh, this was a speech in 2019. So again, very much nationalistic, uh, very much a Eurosceptic, although she claims she won't take Italy out of the EU, but very much about the identity of Italy, and which has been just destroyed in the last 30, 40 years. They've just become kind of a Euro mess. Very much the national identity, strongly against illegal flood of illegal immigrants that have been just flooding into Italy. I mean, they've been a real, you know, talk about our southern border. They've been the gaping southern border of Europe. Um, she uh, very much, uh, uh, very again, I said, wears her fact that she's a mother and Christian on her sleeve and says we should be proud of that, proud of Italy's Christian heritage. Uh, she is also pro-life, said she's very much pro-life against abortion, very much spoken out against the LGBT uh, gender ideology uh, lobby. Here's another quote. In Spain uh, earlier this year, she said she was pro-life, pro-family. Yes to natural families. No to LGBT lobby. Yes to sexual identity, which I mean, I think she means in Europe, that means like to be who you are, right? Male or female. No to gender ideology. Yes to the culture of life. No to the abyss of death. Again, all really, really uh, positive. Again, although she claims she won't try to change the abortion laws, which allow abortion for three months, but then allow it with some exceptions after that. Um, but she has cited Italy's low birth rate as a serious problem that needs to be addressed, proposing pro-life and family policies to encourage natural families to have children. She says, I want our families to have children. And this is pretty radical in, uh, in, in uh, Italy. Uh, we can kind of know Know, by the reaction of the news media uh, to her. Um, 
Uh, she has been declared far right, extreme right, fascist. They're basically saying she's a next Mussolini, uh, that she loves the Mussolini regime. Benito Mussolini was the dictator, took over in Italy in the 100 years ago in the 1920s uh, and uh, uh, sided with the Nazi Germany in World War II. Uh, again, she's clear she's not uh, of that. She's a different party, these brothers of Italy. Uh, again, maybe there are some policies that coincide, but just because Mussolini may have done a lot of bad things doesn't mean every policy he did. I mean, the fact that the trains operate on time isn't a bad thing, right? Obviously, some of the things he did maybe were some bad things. And again, there's a lot of really mixed historical evidence on Mussolini, kind of how bad he was. Was he bad? What he did? Uh, again, mixed opinions on whether he was hostile to the church or helped the church. Again, I, I want to draw into that historical debate, but clearly she's just not a Mussolini stooge, right? And the fact that she's being labeled fascist, um, mostly because Mussolini talked a lot about faith, Christianity, being Italian, and family, uh, that those are kind of evil now to the, to the news media, and she's being labeled again as this radical extremist um, in her uh, politics. Now, like with Donald Trump, she's not perfect. Again, she's not saying she wants to change abortion. Now, maybe that's strategic until she gets into office. But then also, I mentioned she's a mother. Um, she had a rough childhood. She was raised by a single mother in Rome. Again, that's that's fine. Uh, now has a daughter with her partner, Andrea, which is a male name, not a female in Italian, Gambruno, Gambruno, though the two have never been married. So, and again, she's clearly a Novus Ordo Catholic. She loves, quote, in her own words, St. John Paul II, Teresa of Calcutta, has pictures of them. Again, um, but very typical Novus Ordo Catholic living in sin, right? Not in a lawful marriage, having a child out of wedlock, illegitimate. You know, Donald Trump, now certainly not as bad as Donald Trump. It doesn't appear she's engaged in adultery, but still not your intricately traditional Catholic. So again, be fair. She's not your intricately traditional Catholic. Um, right. It's not like, uh, she's that she's clearly a Novus Ordo Catholic, but, um, at least one who is maybe holding up a barricade and the fact to the new world order in Italy, I think was really rife for this. Uh, Italy has suffered brutally in the last two years with brutal talk about fascist dictatorial laws for the thing in the arm and the thing on the face and all that other and just brutal, brutal lockdown in your at-home consecration camp that was established. So I think the Italians, basta, basta, enough, enough. I think that's what they were saying. We're going to try something radically different. You know, Italian politics have been dominated by the left and particularly socialists and communists for, for many decades since World War II. Um, and uh, I think they've spoken. Uh, I, you know, I think they were shocked. They didn't expect this. I mean, it's very much like the rise of Marine Le Pen in France, although she didn't win, uh, you know, a lot of people turned that direction. So hopefully she will improve the situation in Italy. Hopefully she will repent, actually marry or stop living in sin with this gentleman. If she really wants God's blessing on her pontificate, uh, pontificate, her premiership, uh, she has expressed a wish to meet Pope Francis. Um, so again, 
hopefully that doesn't mean she is in cahoots with the deep state because as we said he's clearly the president of the religious bureau of the deep state uh but again mildly optimistic that this is good news for italia very good uh last story and for that we cross the alps into germania ah the german bishops are at it again duda heretics who should have no friends oh duda day uh President of the German Bishops' Conference, Bishop Georg Batzing, we've talked about him a lot on this show, said the shortest definition of religion is interruption, and that some forms of continuity people seek from religion are frankly suspect. Um, this was in a homily uh, that I believe was broadcast. I'm not sure it was live streamed or on the, the radio. Um, he said, uh, he's the Bishop of Lamberg. All too surely asserted continuities, i.e. seamless connections, according to the motto that has always been so, it's critical, that has always been believed so. What was wrong yesterday cannot be right today, are frankly suspect. Batsing spoke of the great images in which God's people spelled out their historical experiences with faith. And that's Pope Francis, the lived experience. Um, now he's saying religion is not continuity. It is interruption. Well, I guess he means that St. Vincent of Lera is suspect since he said we must always cling to what is always everywhere and by everyone been believed, i.e. continuity. Or St. Paul, the great St. Paul in the earliest days of the church, I said, I have handed on to you that which I have received. That sounds like continuity to me. He didn't say I interrupted what I received and gave you something different. And again, I think that quote I just read is really important. It's not just what we've always done, right? The church has always adapted pra some praxis to situations. Again, Pope Pius XII realized in the modern world with work schedules and people working away from the home, many people might not get to mass if mass were not allowed after 12 o'clock. So 12 p.m., that all mass had to be finished under the old practice. Modern world, he said, a lot of people can't get to mass. There's no divine law there. So he said masses can be celebrated after 12 p.m. That's, you know, not saying, well, just we never had masses after before 12 p.m. After 12 p.m., we can't do it. But this is the key that has always been believed so. What was wrong yesterday cannot be right today. Well, that is true. What was wrong under the divine and natural law cannot be right. The, the dogmas of the faith cannot change. St. Vincent Liera, St. Paul. Um, wow. I mean, he is... Uh, talk about the hermeneutic of rupture. He's promoting it. The hermeneutic of continuity, which was a sham by Benedict XVI because there was no continuity. But now the facade of the hermeneutic of continuity has been cast aside. Embrace the rupture. Right? That's what he's saying. And if you don't, you're suspect. Um, Batsing, as we've reported before, publicly supports women deacons, development of a church ceremony to bless same-sex marriage. Uh, <laughs> He was involved in the latest vote of the synod, uh, synodal wayward synod. 
to change church teaching on homosexuality and the ordination of women, not just to diaconate, but to the uh, priesthood. Uh, now, this head of the German bishops conference is doing this um, when instead uh, he should be focusing on the wayward synodal way, but also the abuse report that was announced in the Ostronic diocese with strongly incriminating statements about Bishop Franz Joseph Bode, who announced his retirement uh, it announced that he refused to retire, notwithstanding this report that he mishandled extensive amount of abuse cases. Um, now, who is uh, he? He is a high-ranking prelate, uh, influential uh, uh, bishop there who is the vice president of the German's bishop conference since 2017 and the vice president of the wayward synodal way. So his number two has apparently been found in an investigation to have covered up abuse, but no, we, we, we no continuity. Uh, I guess the abuse was a good interruption according to Batsing, but instead of addressing this, no, this is what he's saying. Well, there you have it. A uh, little bit of hope from Italy. I, I would say some hope in our first story, a pro-life uh, Catholic who's willing to undergo persecution for the truth. Uh, but then we get, uh, and, and Cardinal Zen, who, who has uh, uh, been outspoken against Pope Francis's betrayal of the Catholic Church. But obviously some sad stories. We see the deep state is engaged in what really appears to be an all-out war against forces of uh, the faith, sovereignty for individual nations, the church and state. The deep church and the deep state are at war. But we don't need to be surprised at that. Our Lady of Fatima predicted a great struggle. The devil's in a mood for a battle, as she said. We cannot lose hope. All we need to do is pray to Our Lady of Fatima and to observe the first Saturdays. First Saturdays coming up this Saturday make the communion of reparation with a communion in, uh, with a receiving confession in uh, at least eight days. And uh, that's all we can do and pray that her triumph comes. Um, greetings, by the way, to Carl Thomas, who's uh, joining us from Kansas. And yes, the spiritual war is raging all around us. Let us turn to Our Lady. Well, that brings us to the end of our program for today. Uh, that's our view this Wednesday. Uh, Please do remember those in Florida threatened by the hurricane. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next 48 hours uh, with our family and those we know here. Uh, and uh, if you've enjoyed this free content, please help us by forwarding it. Please share it. Please subscribe to our YouTube, Rumble, and your favorite podcast channel, whether that be Apple or Spotify. Like this video uh, and uh, give it a thumbs up or a rumble. And that will help us spread the word. And if you like our free content, please subscribe to Catholic Family News. You can call our 800 number or visit our website, both of which will be the end of this video. Um, and uh, again, the best, if you subscribe online, you'll get instant access uh, to, even if you pick a print edition, you'll all still always, all of the subscriptions have instant access to the current and past, several years of past issues. So you won't only get the next 12 months, you'll get 
years and years of back issues that have been digitized and are available on our site. Uh, also, uh, tomorrow, as we mentioned, is the March for Catholics. That's where Matt is traveling today, so why he's not here. He's going to be giving a speech as well as uh, Archbishop Vigano and uh, John Henry Weston and others. Uh, so we wish Matt well. If you're there at the March for Catholics, say hello. You may see my youngest son, uh, who will be there with students from Notre Dame de la Salette, uh, who will be, I believe, attending the March for Catholics. So say hello to the La Salette boys if you see them. Tell, tell Michael his father said hello. Uh, and also, the end of October, the weekend of Christ the King, our friends at the Fatima Center are holding a conference in New Hampshire. So visit the Fatima Center to look about that conference. It looks like a great lineup. Chris Ferrara, many other great speakers are going to be there. I unfortunately can't make it. I was going to be there, but I, I can't due to some work commitments. But it looks like a fantastic conference. Fatima, the time, really the time is now. Uh, so please do check that out. Well, thank you again for your attention. We'll end by saying a prayer for all those who may be suffering uh, and will suffer from Hurricane Ian for uh, Mr. Hoke, who is being persecuted for uh, his uh, pro-life work. Uh, also for Cardinal Zen, who's also being uh, persecuted. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And now the prayer composed by Sister Marie of St. Peter. Uh, under the guidance of our Lord for the defeat of communists and all revolutionary men. This was a great favorite of longtime editor John Venari. Eternal Father, offer you the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion. Thou may put division in the camp of thy enemies, for as thy beloved Son has said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. Saint Michael, pray for us. Saint Good King Wenceslaus, pray for us. Saint Therese, the child Jesus, pray for us. Saint Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Saint Remigius, pray for us. Saint Jerome, pray for us. All the angels and saints, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, Amen. May God keep you and bless you, and may His uh, light shine upon you. And God willing, we'll see you next week.